Welcome to the Friends and Rivals podcast. You leaving? Hey, come here. There's our number one fan. Hi, everyone. Hi. 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 Our number one fan. Number Number one one. fan. So we actually wanted to talk to you about favoritism in the Larita household. (laughs) As As you're favoriting Nick over Chris. Uh, <laughs> know this? Does, does he understand what's going on here? Okay, uh, sure, he does. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but he knows he's second fiddle to Nick, right? He does. He does. Okay. Oh, we all are. Like, as long as he knows that we're all, we're all for it. Okay. Nice seeing you all. Same here. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Let's talk devils and islanders. Let's talk penguins and rangers. But let's not talk about flyers, cause they're a bunch of fucks, which no one can. Episode 27, Friends and Rivals podcast coming at you. I'm one of your hosts, and obviously not the main character, but I'm Tom Harkness. With me, as always, are... Just Steve. I'm still Bill Fouchere. So, main character, Nick Lurita. It is, it is the main character, Nick Lurita. Before we get started, I have to give a big fuck you to Apple Podcasts for not posting our show this week. Well, for some unknown reason, they're having, apparently... They're changing the way that they're posting shows to their channel. It's going to start June 1st, so we'll see how tomorrow goes. But a big fuck you to Apple for not posting our show at all this week. Thought we agreed we weren't going to do this in front of Billy. Uh, you know what? I, I can't help it. Um, I, I, I just thought about it, and I got very, very upset with the Apple. Um, they can go fuck themselves. Why wouldn't you want to do it in front of me? Because it, it gives you and your Android a little bit more justification yeah but at the same time I, I don't know if i'd go on record lambasting the the actually the largest distributor of all uh, you know uh smartphone media yeah uh i don't know if that's such a great idea per se even though I, i've never used uh, an apple product myself well i have god damn it and they fucked us they fucked our show apple can go fuck themselves last week this week let's see how tomorrow goes and then we'll we'll, we'll chat next week yeah, there's a guy in Germany who's very lonely all week. He hasn't had been able to listen to the podcast. I, I, and Rajesh in, in India, I had to go tell him to go to Spotify. He was like, what does Spotify? Um, so uh, at last we left you, <laughs> the, the, uh, the Penguins and the Icelanders were going into a game five. And uh, as we all kind of predicted, the Penguins uh, didn't survive game five. And they, or was it game six? Was it game five? Game, game six. six. It was game six. All right, I gave him a little bit. A little, little less credit than they they, they deserve. So, uh, guys, why don't you surmise the series, and uh, I think we'll put the, the Penguins' uh, season to bed, and they can all uh, play golf with the Rangers and the Devils. Well, it, it was, uh, you know, uh, as from a Penguin fan's perspective, uh, it's, it's uh, what is that now, 18, 19, well, four years without a, a, a real deep run into the playoffs, three years without getting to the second round. But you know, uh, I'll, I'll get into this a little bit more when we when we put the uh, you know when we kind of wrap up the the Penguin season. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, disappointing. But um, isn't, that what, isn't that what we're doing? Not as bad as uh, not as bad as you know the, the last couple of years of getting first getting swept by, out by the Islanders in a non-competitive series, and then uh, going down to the uh, Montreal Canadiens who weren't even supposed to be there that day. So that was. Uh, <laughs> That was those were worse. This was not good, but I'll I'll let Nick uh, you know tell you about how it all went down and how his Islanders advanced to face the Bruins. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it, what was interesting was we talked about it a little bit. I think last week was, you know, I, I, I'm sure I mentioned it was that if the Isles won game five, um, at that point, I think they'd already won game five, but um, if they brought home to game six, uh, the game, if the game went to Coliseum, it'd be very hard for the Penguins to win. Um, we've been very good at home and uh, we had all the momentum at that point. But if we lost that, if they didn't win that game, in, uh, I think we could have went back to the Penguins. It, it was a very tight series. I think we got outplayed a number of games in the series, but we were able to hang, hang around and just keep weathering the storm. And especially the first periods in almost every game, it felt like um, in the series, uh, we just basically might have had a first few minutes of like big bursts and they might have looked really good. And then all of a sudden get out shot by like 15 to, to three or five or whatever it was each, each first period, it felt like. Game six was not much different. Penguins got on the board first in the first minute and a half. Uh, Isles were able to, to tie it up. Anthony Bavillier a few minutes later. And then um, a couple more traded goals in the first period. It wasn't until the second period where, uh, again, the Penguins took another lead. Um, seemed like one of those games where it was just going to be like, you know, we're just not, we could not get a lead. It was Penguin score, Isles tie. Penguin score, Isles tie. Penguin score. And then Isles scored again, tied up and then scored immediately after within 13 seconds. And that really changed the entire outlook of the game when after they tied it up and then immediately scored uh, the next goal. Uh, and then they scored the third goal in the second period uh, a few minutes later. That was kind of the – that was kind of it. Um, momentum completely swung the aisle's favor at that point. And then they just were trying to hold on and in the entire rest of the third period and keep the, keep the lead. And they did. And they were able to uh, shut, close out the series – win 5-3 in the game and move on to play the, the Bruins, who uh, we are playing this week, uh, tw- twice already this week. And that series is seemingly going very similarly to what we saw with the Penguins. Uh, we've been outplayed two straight games. And if it wasn't for going to overtime in the second game this week, uh, 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 second uh, in game two, I should say, they were outplayed almost the entire game. Uh, definitely entirely the first game and the second game we started to turn around in the, um, in the third period, but it wasn't until the overtime we outshot the, we outshot them three to one uh, and uh, almost tied the, the, the shot totals together. I think in the end it was pretty close, uh, but man, it was, uh, it was pretty much, it felt like the entire, every game this playoff, I felt like just, it's been like a one goal game. It feels like the entire time. And um it's nerve wracking to watch them. They're just, we play very tight games. We don't, there's no swings of two, three goals and then sit back on a lead or anything like that. I don't feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm like constantly having to like uh, take some peps at AC between before games and between periods. It's just, it is nerve wracking to watch this team. Um, but they've amazingly made it one-to-one um, and are bringing it home. And not by the way, two games in Boston with, Full capacity, which we have not seen in quite some time. Sixteen thousand. I mean, it looked like it was. It was pretty much sixteen thousand people. It's, it's definitely not full capacity. Not full capacity there. Not at sixteen thousand. No. All right, and they must have been just under, but it's close enough. Sixteen thousand. That was place was rocking. Their capacity probably has to be somewhere around eighteen, nineteen thousand. And they must they must have had some non-vaccinated uh, spots then. Or, oh, I know what it is. It's probably around the, the front. Uh, they can only have certain sections. <laughs> Excuse right, me. Right behind certain, the bench. Right you behind, can't have yeah. fans behind the bench. Yeah. You can't have fans behind the, the right. penalty box. 
That's what yeah. I'm thinking. I think those are the only seats that weren't sold are the ones that are that you could see like on TV, like right around the the bottom right. of the rink. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, we'll be bringing the, the game back to the, the island. Um, there's going to be about twelve thousand, I think that I read. Or it's pretty close. The same thing. Uh, there's a couple sections. I think like three or four sections are going to have open for non-vaccinated folks, which will basically be just you know six feet apart with masks on. But everyone else has got no masks on and we're at regular you know regular seating. So I don't know how long that's going to go for. They're probably going to eliminate those probably for game six if we get that far. But um, uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's been an interesting series. I'm really excited to see a very loud um, coliseum. Um, but I don't know. The Isles really need to turn it around a little bit. They've looked, uh, they've looked a little bit outplayed in now the second series, uh, and we'll see how, how far that goes. Maybe, maybe they turn it on. We did beat Boston five times this year, but we lost yeah, the last three. Don't ever count the regular season stats when it comes to playoff hockey. Don't ever do that because they never ever jive with each other. It's true. Don't I know? But, um, six and two against the Isles. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know what's been scary to watch is that perfection line. My God, I get nervous every time I see Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasta on the well, on the ice this together. They are such a dangerous team, a, a line together. For and, for as much as a scumbag as that Marchand is, I mean, he's just a he's a really good hockey player. He's a good I, hockey player. Really sure. good hockey player. I noticed that they really exploit a part of the ice that very few teams use, that high slot, almost even above the face-off circles. Nobody ever positions a player there, but they do this weave. They have this weave down, Pat, that one of them always winds up with a shot right in that high, high slot area. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm watching the pasta dangle quite a bit on the aisles was like, it's funny. You don't think about him a lot. I mean, I don't think about him as like a superstar in the league sometimes, but man, is he pulp picking his game up? He looks phenomenal. And can we just, scary. can we just send a memo to NBC sports real quick? We're done. Just tell Dunkin' Donuts. They need to come up with some new commercials. Oh, oh, it, it's, I got to see that commercial. bubble hockey commercial one more time. The, the puck in the corner thing is pretty funny though, but I, the first, was, yeah, the first yeah, time, the first 800 times. Yeah. They, they are absolutely <laughs> joke, no question about it. No doubt about it. Did you hear I, about the restaurant on the Island that, that took off all of the pasta dishes on their menu? It was an Italian restaurant and they took off every single pasta dish for, for this round. There you go. That sounds like a chicken, terrible idea. Chicken parmoli. Awful. What a stupid idea. What in, in this day and age, they're losing so much revenue because they're not having pasta dishes on their menu. So they're losing money. Good job. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> okay. Well, um, but, but, so yeah. but Nick, it all starts with puck possession. And Bergeron, I mean, that dude wins, what, 90% of the faceoffs? He was oh, number man. one in the NHL this year in, in faceoff percentages. And it just seems like he doesn't lose a draw, man. He doesn't lose draws. And, you know, it's it's not even that. It's um, he's so damn good. He's everywhere. And that's the crazy part you watch about. You know, you, we, we know he's been a Selkie winner. He's a Selkie nominee every year. But damn, is he just everywhere on the ice oh like and i'm mean, in the last series you know crosby did a lot of that he's one of the best players in the league you expect that from him and you know you expect from bergeron but he's just like better at it he's just everywhere always in the play always in the puck and it's like i'm not kidding every time i we they would try to match up um the fourth line against 
that line a little bit. Um, a little success. They put um, then they did the triple B line or killer B line, which is uh, Bovillier, uh, Brock Nelson, and and um, and Bailey. And that's been our best line in the, in the playoffs. And so they'll try to match with those guys sometimes. The problem is that it's like you're trying not to get your best line, you know, tied up in their in the defensive zone the entire time. So it's sort of like what line even matches up well against this this other line. You know, I mean, you can put the fourth line against them on, which is a true checking line, and we don't care if they don't get the puck in the, in the offensive zone. But then again, I mean, like that the identity line is a good line, but I don't know if you just see the line you want out every time. Like Brock Nelson's a little bit better to, to match up than Casey Sezikis on um on you know Bergeron and um, Bailey on on Pasta, but even those guys get cloud class. It's it's tough, man. Those guys are just a beast to to deal with. But the other lines, honestly, I feel like they're Boston's really not that deep in terms of their forwards. Like watching them play, their their, t- their top two lines are good. Obviously, Krejci and, and Hall. That's a good line, but they're not scary anywhere else. And if you can shut down that top line, they're not going to score a lot of goals against us, but that's, it's, it's a tough, tough thing to stop. No, we haven't stopped them yet. They've, they've scored every game. I was mentioning to Steve last night after Sezika scored the overtime winner. And in, in, and it's not just this year, it is every year that you really f- understand who your true team that you hate the most is when it comes to playoff time. And for me, it's the Islanders. Um, Nick, I love you, but man, I want to see nothing but pain for the Islanders. I want to see losses. I want to see their fans upset. I and when any time one of their players is happy, I get physically ill. I get I get upset. Um, and that's how Steve feels about. That's how Steve and the Devils fans feel about you. And no, that's exactly, exactly what we the, That's exactly what we talked about. If I exactly. if I see yeah. if I see Panarin happy, I just want to you know kick you a kid. I mean, it's, I it's freaking freaking terrible. Makes you feel I, horrible. I know, but this is where you find out who your true rival is. And and for me, it is without question the Islanders because I I I got to tell you, I can't stand this time of year and what's going on with the Islanders and the success that they're having. And I got a problem too with Sezikis. I, I, I saw him in the, in the post-game interview after uh, scoring that big goal. And uh, that son of a bitch is uh, trimming his beard. He's, I mean, he's, he's, he's got a nice and trim. I mean, he's gorgeous. He's just wonderful during, to look at. During the but interview, he was trimming his beard. You got no, not during the interview, but his, oh. his beard is trimmed. This is a playoffs. You're supposed to let that shit just grow in. However, it's going to grow in. I got a real problem with Sezikis, man. I wonder if that's a Lou thing. I mean, he I don't, like, I don't think so. Wow. Huh? Isn't the whole thing that you earn your beard? He, I don't remember any devil. Bruce Driver. During, had, the, had the beard, but it didn't get unruly. Well, look, I don't think, unless you were like Glenn Anderson or. It's um, Casey Sezikis. You know, you know, he's, you know. Guys back in the day, they, there wasn't really those crazy beards like friggin' Burns and, and uh, Thornton and, and Thornton. And, and they're just not that, they weren't that crazy back then. I mean, Billy, correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, but I mean, but you don't have to be like an asshole like those guys either. But, but just, I mean, if you've got a couple of weeks growth by now, you're not going to be approaching Thornton or not yeah. most people. No, like Nick, Thornton, Nick's beard right now, Burns that's, Nick's beard is perfect playoff beard. Nick's, yeah. beard, Nick's beard is like mid 
mid Stanley Cup Finals style. Yeah, I thought like, Nick's beard was get. Tara. <laughs> I'm actually getting a, a trim. I'm going to get a haircut in uh, two days. So this is the longest it's going to be for a while. So you're going to get your beard trimmed during the playoffs. Uh, I got a wedding together. You so, fucking yes. fraud. Billy Billy thinks you're such a fraud right now. Oh, my God. Absolutely. That is not the way to support your team. That is absolutely not the way to support your team. In fact, when you do that, I mean, Steve, you're all about superstitious. What's going to happen to the Islanders oh. when Nick's trims his beard? I might as well start rooting for him. <laughs> That's how bad <laughs> Don't it do is. that. Don't do it. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that, Steve. Um, you were rooting for the Toronto Winnipeg Jets Maple Leafs in the first round, and uh, I went out and I bet one million (laughs) dollars on Montreal Canadiens when they were down 3 1, and I won 40 million dollars. Nice, I want to say thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, you can buy Florida. I'm I'm kidding, I'm kidding, of course, but oh, wait, no, I really thought you won 40 million (laughs) dollars. I really thought you had a million dollars to put down on the bet to begin with. (laughs) uh yes my uh my bad luck streak continues well let, let's just take a look at steve on the whole you're a mets fan <laughs> you're a, a jets fan mm-hmm. right you were a new jersey nets fan i don't know how much you follow the nets since they moved from new jersey to brooklyn but i, I don't think that you're really much into basketball and not much no and you're a New Jersey Devils fan. Now, New Jersey Devils probably have given you the most success you have ever seen in your entire life. Without a doubt. Three Without cups question. in nine years. Yes. And there, and that was, what, the beginning of the 2000s? 2003 was the last one. 2003 was the last, was the last yeah. one. So there's full, fully adult people who have not seen them win a cup. So that, that's There's cool. fully adult people that have seen them only play in one Stanley Cup final and not win a playoff series since 2012. Not even make the playoffs since then, have you? They made the playoffs oh, yeah, in they, seventeen. Yeah, the year at uh, Taylor Hall. Yeah. Taylor Ham was in the uh, was on that was on the Devils. Corkle. But right. But, so but there's you, so there's nine bet. there's ten year old kids who have seen them win one playoff game. But you bet on your team never. Wouldn't have well, or you bet on the other team always to use a reverse psychology Double. on them. So the can't Devils lose. Play. It's a can't lose situation if you bet on the opponent. Do you do that in all sports or is it just hockey? No, I especially do it in football. Oh, uh, yeah. wow. I mean, who doesn't bet? I especially do it in football. Jesus Christ. Hockey is second, and I don't really bet on baseball. All right, Pete Rose. But I'll come up. I'll, I'll, I'll work up the total on how much I won this past season betting against the Devils. All right. Well, good. Next week, that, that is going to be a segment because I actually want to know this. Okay. I actually want to know this. And you're a very superstitious person. You you followed like the the black cat crossing your path and walking underneath ladders, breaking mirrors. Yeah, I mean, wearing new clothes on Friday. Yeah, wearing sure. New clothes on Friday. It's you know you don't so wear you new don't, clothes don't for the shoes. first time on Friday. You don't put new shoes on a kitchen table. You don't right? put shoes on a kitchen table at all. I mean, Who what have you do? Wouldn't you want to put new shoes on compared to like anything but brand new shoes on a table? No, just, no, sh- you don't don't put any shoes on the kitchen table. That's just ridiculous. First like not even like saying. brand new shoes. You you you're you're sitting down at the table and you want to put them on and you got to lace them up first. You don't put them on the table and lace them up. You what you put them in your lap. Yeah. Nobody would. Who would put shoes on a table? That's ridiculous. There's not a superstition. That's just being classless. I mean, put it next to your Taylor Ham and cheese yeah. if that's what you want to do. But I mean, <laughs> ugh. 
Now, yeah, you, you have a brother. You're the youngest of two. Uh, your older brother Joe is a what? Who's what sports teams does he root for? He is a Flyers fan, and I don't even. Yeah, I think he's a 76ers fan because his youngest kid is is very big and Logan's very big into the 76ers. So I would imagine he roots for the 76ers side. If he watches football, I would imagine he roots for the Eagles. He's a big Philly guy. Oh, Jesus. Fuck yeah, the Flyers. Yeah, fuck the Flyers. But, yeah, what are you going to uh, do? He went to school down there. It's where he really developed his love of sports. So that's what – I mean, we were big Mets fans in the 80s. Uh, I mean, so was everybody. From well. Everyone with any kind of drug habit loved those Mets. <laughs> what are you insinuating, Bill? I think it's very well documented. I don't think there's anything being insinuated. This is not allegedly. This is very factually. They did a lot of coke. <laughs> yes, they did. Well, Steve, um, who are you uh, now backing since your Toronto Maple Leafs are are out of the playoffs? I'm I'm very happy you asked me that question, Tom, and I'm I'm proud to announce that I am throwing my full support behind the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh boy, it's a good thing they're down 2-0 now. So I'm gonna let's let's uh I do you guys want to pool our money together? And do you want to know why? Just because that's who that's who you picked. That's why I'm supporting them. Well, look, they're down 0-2 right now, and I don't think they're coming back at all. Uh, I think their season's just about over. I would be very shocked if they pulled the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now I I honestly I honestly can't get behind any more uh, another team. I'm just I'm just happy to watch the competitive games at this point. I mean, you said you you were going Winnipeg Jets. You were leaning that way. No, I was only kidding. I was only kidding. Sad. Sad Toronto. Day. Toronto really broke me. Sad yeah, so heard here first. Uh, Steve relinquished his uh, hold on Jets, and they four they will win the Stanley Cup. They're, they're gonna. They're gonna. There you go. They're gonna beat the uh, the Canadians. If you want to win money? Put it. There you go. Winnipeg Jets. No doubt about Wouldn't it. Wouldn't that be and, something? And if Kyle the Canadian Connor. team that broke that curse was the Winnipeg Jets. Wow. All that money on Kyle Connor. Who knew? <laughs> Who fucking knew? But let, let, I'm going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs for a second here. They were up 3-1. <laughs> yeah, Nick, you okay? you're choking on your tea? They were up 3-1 in the series. Now, they were up 3-1, and they lost Tavares in that in that game, or they lose him prior to that. They lost in game one, right? Yeah, I thought they, they lost him in the beginning. Yeah, they lost in game one. So they Tavares lose. is not the excuse for them losing. Or, or choking. So they just flat out blew it. Up 3-1, let Montreal come back and win the series in seven games. As soon as it went to seven games, I was uh, I had a feeling Montreal was going to win because game sevens, you need goaltending. And say what you want about Carey Price, he was better than whatever Toronto was going to throw out there. I mean, and and you could have called that guy. Who's that guy that that uh, played the game for the Hurricanes? David Ayers. You could have called him in for the for the for the Maple Leafs. I don't care who the hell you called. Carey Price is better than anybody you would have had a net for 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 Toronto. And that's what you need in a game seven. You need goaltending, and Montreal got it, um, and they won. Was it three to one? Yeah, and uh, wrapped up the series in seven. So the Toronto Maple Leafs since. 2005-2006 season. How many playoff series do you think the Toronto Maple Leafs have won? This which year? 2005-2006? Since 2005-2006, the Toronto Maple Leafs have won how many playoff series? Probably not as many as 
series that they have blown when they've been ahead three to one? Say one. One. Uh, since you're asking the question, I, I, I guess I'm going to say one. I can't remember anything that they actually won, but uh, I guess I'm going to guess one. Maybe I missed one somewhere. They have as many playoff series wins as the Seattle Kraken. Zero? They have but as many guys, playoff, don't, don't playoff series wins as, as the four of us do. What's well, on my phone? I'm using my phone. Do you, I can't do you not read right the text messages I sent? I mean, I sent this I mean, chart, which gives you all the playoff series wins since 2005. But thanks for playing along. Um, I mean, God, even the Columbus Blue Jackets have more playoff series wins than Toronto. The only other team in the NHL currently that does not have a playoff series win, Florida Panthers. In that time, Pittsburgh has 20 playoff series wins, and they are number one on the list. Chicago and Boston are both tied at 16. Tampa Bay Lightning and the San Jose Sharks are are tied um, for fourth with 14. Detroit and Anaheim with 12. The Rangers with 10, or, or 11 rather. And the Kings and the Capitals round out the top 10 with 10 playoff series win since 2005 2006 a span of 15 years and they and they blew at least one other 3-1 lead again i mean I, they were up were they even up three three nothing against boston in the, in the series a few years ago three one uh, the, i know they were up three to one and they, was it was it three one yeah I'm pretty they, sure they lost another three one lead pretty sure but if you look at the at the forbes list for most valuable teams in the nhl going into the season the number one, New York Rangers. Number two, the Toronto Maple Leafs. How do you have the second most valued franchise in your sport and not have a playoff series win in 15 years? When did the Rangers pass the Maple Leafs on that list? The Canadian uh, dollar. Apparently this year, they're valued at $1.65 billion and the Maple Leafs are valued at $1.5. I thought the Canadians were still number one on this list, but they're third at $1.34 billion. Well, can't buy success. No, I mean the Rangers in, in the late '90s and early 2000s are certainly attested that. But, but 15 years, the second most valuable franchise in the NHL. So is it time to to blow it up and and reconfigure or re start adopt a new philosophy? Well, the, the are, philosophy you, are you going to trade Austin Matthews? No, Mish no, but you can trade, trade a Nylander or Marner. Marner making what Maybe. 10 million a year? Zero play, zero playoff game goals in what 17 games, 17 playoff games, zero goals for Mitch Marner. Marner and I, I Matthews had one goal combined in the series in seven I, games. I can't believe that. I, 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 it's blowing me away that Marner thing. It's also blowing me away that the Toronto Maple Leafs most uh, playoffs win since 2005 2006. I, I still can't believe that. So here's how screwed they are. And I say this in the way that they have no other option here because they, they had to spend the money and they went for Tavares all out. But they have $11 million in a year in Austin Matthews, $11 million a year on John Tavares, and $10 million a year on Mitch Marner. Well, no, no, no. Those, no. It's, it's, it's 11 for, for Marner, 10, 9. I mean, come on. And Matthews, 11, you're 6. Right, 10, 9. At 11, it's, 6, it's, it's three it's, guys. Three guys. This is the point, right? So, the point is, next, what, one, two, three years, all three of those guys aren't going anywhere. No one's taking those contracts. I don't care who you're talking about. I mean, Marner is 23, but... Are you, are you saying nobody would, nobody would take Austin Matthews' contract right now? 
Toronto's I, never trading. They're not. They're not trading him. Heartbeat. They're not trading Matthews. Twenty-three years old. No I would take that in a goddamn yeah. minute. Well, I'm not saying. I'm not saying Matthews. No one's talking. He's not going anywhere. They, they're not trading Tavares. They're not trading Matthews for different reasons. Tavares. No one's going to take that contract. Um, no, not Matthews. At, at Thirty years old. All, nope. And all these guys are UFAs at the end of their deals. So it's not a. Um, it's really not great. They they put themselves in a position where they they have to win. Because Matthews and Marner, when they, I mean Tavares to an extent, but you know it doesn't matter. He'll be 35 when he when he finishes his deal. Um, but Matthews and, and and Marner are gonna be 27 and 28, I think it is. Right in the prime yeah. of their right yeah. in the prime of They're their not gonna, careers. They could stay there, but to be honest, they could go anywhere. They're not they're not RFAs. They have no, especially if this doesn't go well for the next few years. I don't know where they're getting the, the help either because that's a lot of money. You know, someone's going to take Nylander on for another seven million almost a year for next three years. I that's mean, a lot of money. Talking about Mitch Marner and you know, and the teams that could possibly do it, the Devils, the Rangers. But I, Mitch Marner to me is Ryan Strom. I mean, they're they're and look, I, Mitch Marner's a better player. He had more points. But that's that's the body style. That's the type of player I see when I see Mitch Marner and Ryan Strom. To me, in my mind, they're they're a little interchangeable. Yeah, but Mark, Marner's better. But that's just it. Why now. wouldn't you? But why wouldn't you want to take that player, but the upgraded version? Marner's a wing. Strom's a center. And Strom's a better all-round player. I, I, I don't think. So. And I don't think Marner is. Panarin. Not not to say that Marner wouldn't have chemistry with Panarin because he probably would. It's half the cost. <laughs> Not even, dude. He's a quarter of the cost. Well, let's we'll see what happens after this. Year. Is it, what's the is it? His contract ends this year, right? Is it this year or next year? Shrooms next year after next season. So yeah, but well, I mean, not comparable. Not done until twenty four, twenty five, and that's eleven yeah. million dollar cap hit. It's eleven it's a lot, million man. dollar cap hit. So they're, they're they got almost a third, almost just under half. So. Like forty percent of their their cap and three guys. 45 47 percent of their cap yeah. is those three players. Three players and uh, defensively, it's I don't see how they're getting much better. But the cap ain't going up anytime soon either. You know, uh, Jake Muzzin, Morgan yeah. Riley, DJ Brody. defense and goaltending went in the playoffs, and that's you yeah, know but it's, look, it's an look old thing. Got coming off the books, Zach Bogosian, Ben Hutton, for a million. Um, yeah, but they're not coming off for a lot. Who the hell is that? The biggest, the biggest uh, thing for them is they're gonna get Nash, Riley Nash, and Zach Hyman to come off, and that combined total make around make five mil. No. Everybody else, you no, you have a bigger name coming off of that list at the end of the season, and that's Freddie Anderson. I didn't get that far down the list. Who was decent at best? Who didn't even start in the playoffs because of Jack Campbell? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's ten million dollars coming off the books, and then you gotta hope that. Campbell doesn't play like out of his mind, and you have to pay him a lot of money because he's a UFA. Uh, he's 29. He's not a young spring chicken. I mean, I don't know. Is, no, is he really the guy? I don't even know who Jack, you know? Where did Jack Campbell played before he was on the Maple Leafs. Uh, wasn't did he? They, did they pull him out of the out of the like the eighth goalie in their depth chart. I mean, who, I I don't know. Kings. But he was a king. Eight months ago, when Thornton signed with Toronto, you know why he said he signed with Toronto. I want to, to win bring a- his bad luck to them. No, I want to win a cup. That's what he said. Well, that's what to be fair, he knew it wasn't happening in San Jose. 
No, 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 not not anymore. <clears throat> they came close. And can we just go back to your Ryan Strom comparison? Ryan Strom's career season, 70 games, 59 points. Okay. 59 points is still nine less, uh, eight less than Marner's worst season. Look, I, th- there's no question Marner's a better player. I, but I'm talking body style. I'm well, talking. What is that? What is that? What does body style matter when you're talking about talent? Because the Rangers need to get bigger and physical, and Mitch Marner doesn't fit that category. They no, already but got he, a guy who's but that he's size. Better, but he's a better player. But he can't play center, so it's a moot point. Well, you you brought up the strong comparison, not me. Because that's who he reminds me. If you look at somebody, he says ah, that guy reminds me of that guy, and Mitch Marner always reminded me of Ryan Strom. When you look at it this way, it's it's you could have a Mitch Marner, one player, ten million, eleven million dollars, or you could have a slew of guys that add up to that that amount. Yeah, and who are it, who are physical, tough hockey players. I'm going the latter everything every single who time. Maybe better in the playoffs because they could play that grinding style, or they can just fill out the roster and make you a deeper team, or give you different options. Right? I, it's well, like the age old question: Do you adapt or do you go spike and go get stars and scrubs? Obviously, Toronto went stars and scrubs, and it, it hasn't worked out the way that they expected. And they've played, and Marner himself has not won a playoff series in five straight playoffs. Even yes. swept the first round each time. Yeah. The same thing with Austin Matthews, too. Yeah. So, look, they're not going to have Spets on the team next year. They're not going to have Joe Thornton on the team. They're not going to have Wayne Simmons or Nick Foligno. So, there, there is a large number of their cap coming off the books, especially with goaltending. So, it'd be, it's going to be a very – Look, the, I think the entire offseason, to me, this, this offseason is going to be fascinating to, to see the player movement, to see what teams do to get under the cap, to see what teams do to get better. Not to mention the expansion. Cap, man, it's going to be fascinating. And then, yeah, who do you protect? Who do you leave available? Right, exactly, Nick. Yeah, you guys are right with the expansion draft, too. It is unbelievable. Speaking of drafts, we have ourselves an NHL lottery draft tomorrow night it's my super bowl baby <laughs> well yeah um i think after the whole letter thing to the nhl the rangers are going to pick 16 uh, or 15 wherever uh, they're gonna fall um but the devils have a really good shot at landing number one steve what are the odds they have just over 10 percent chance to get one or two an 11.5% chance to, to stay at number four and their highest odds, 43.9% is actually to move back one spot to number five. How the fuck is that, how is that even possible? Because you got to add up all the other, every, every other team's chance of winning first, second, or third, or first and second, because the Kraken are going to pick third pretty much no matter what, unless yeah. they win first or second. Right. You think the NHL does that? You think the NHL fixes it to give yes. them number one pick? Bill, you think that, huh? To uh, give the who? NHL fixes the NHL fixes the top pick for sure. So you don't even have to ask yourself what odds, blah, 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 blah. You have to ask yourself, who does the NHL really want to help out this well, season? Well, dear Gary Bettman, I've always been a huge fan of yours. Whenever teams have booed you, I have told them sternly to stop booing the man who brought such success to the NHL. If so. the New Jersey Devils get the number one overall pick tomorrow night, oh, that will mean the oh, number man. one pick in the last, what? Three of the last five. Three of the last five years. 
we are going to put them into the Edmonton Oilers category, except I don't think that the talent that the New Jersey Devils are drafting equal what the wow. Edmonton Oilers drafted. And, all right. Well, there's only the one Connor McDavid. There was no Connor. Yeah, I mean, there yeah. was no Connor McDavid in those two drafts. Absolutely not. No, but who are the other guys that they, they drafted at number one? Right, Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl. Nails Yakupov. Yeah, I mean, I mean well. Minus Nails Yakupov. I mean, all those other players are pretty solid players. The two guys you have drafted number if, one overall. If if he sure turns into Bergeron, that's a success. I mean, what? What? Jesus Christ! When Jesus <laughs> started, you said he was fucking Jonathan Taves. Now he's Patrice fucking. No, Bergeron. no, 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 no. He no, can't even no, pet his no. vagina to make it not hurt enough. <laughs> wow. To wear a face shield. He is lighting. Wow. First of all, he's not wearing a face shield anymore. Oh wait, wait! He's lighting it up in the world. And he's lighting it up in the world championships. Colin Blackwell. Oh, okay, good. And Denmark. Oh yeah, I mean, shit. Billy could too. No offense. I. No, I'm not offended at all. Those fucking Danish. They got it coming. And I'm gonna break. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's a story. But I agree. I mean, the talent level was not in that in that those two drafts was not Connor. There was no clear cut. No. The Heisher. I mean, it was it was Heisher or uh, the guy who wanted the kid who wound up in Philly. Uh, Nolan Ryan. Yeah, Thank Nolan God. Ryan. Thank God you didn't get Nolan Ryan. Holy crap! And I actually remember oh. Fishler actually thought the Devils were going to take Kako first overall. Wait, wait. 800-year-old Stan, Stan Fischler actually thought they were going to take Kako first overall. But so, again, not a, you know, take it for what it's worth, not a clear-cut number one. Well, look, we had the debate, too. You know, Jack Hughes, Capo Kako, we were both saying at that draft, either way we go, you can't, you can't, you can't right. miss. You can't right. go wrong with either one of these players. Jury's still out on both of them. Well, they're, they're both really both young though i, I mean, mean they're both very they're, young they're both and they both just fine they both had back-to-back shitty seasons to deal with in terms of one cut short and one shortened season i agree that's you know i that's why i said the jury's still out it remains to be seen on what's going to become when he sure racks up 140 points next year and now then we'll, then we'll talk who's he playing with he's gonna, play, gonna do he's, that he's gonna play in all 25 games he's gonna play in albany <laughs> they don't fucking play in albany anymore you idiot uh, Utica. They're going to Utica, right? That's what I meant. Utica. There you go. It's a good thing you're the expert on the devil. Good thing. Uh, Go Jets, go. uh, Before we get into anything else, it's time for Bill's awful trivia. Uh Uh-oh, it is? Oh, no. Is that on the agenda? Time for trivia. I don't put them on the agenda anymore because they're just they're, they're unwritten. Just step all over the fucking opening, please. No, by all means, just unwritten. step all over the opening. I'm doing the opening live, and you're stepping all over it. That is so disrespectful. I'm sorry. Can, I'm can sorry. You it's time for oh, because I, I, I can Jesus, are you kidding me? <laughs> My God. What? <laughs> I'm not doing. I'm not doing it again. I'm not doing it a third time. God, read your stupid question. But I, we we need the intro music. It's time for it's, trivia with Bill. Yuck. Go. It's time for trivia with Bill. Yeah. 
Oh, Nix is better. I like mine better. I agree. That's why he's the main character. Mm-hmm. Right. Read the card. Okay. That's right. <laughs> so this this goes with the playoff theme, I think. Read the card, Chuck Woolery. Let's go. <clears throat> Which Florida Panther was known for starting a quote rat throwing unquote craze? Which Florida Panther was known for starting a rat I mean, I I, I I think I know the answer, so I'll go last. Is it Scott Mellonby? Scott Mellonby. Scott Mellonby. Wow. I, I had down between him or, or Kirk Muller. And it was, he didn't throw it. He like, hit it, it in the locker room stick, and then right? got a hat trick and then scored a hat trick. Yep. Apparently he killed did it. a rat. And then they blew it. And then they got swept in the, by the Carolina Avalanche, uh, the Colorado Avalanche. So who cares? Right. They they Colorado. moved from Carolina. I they moved from Cal- Carolina. I forgot to you Colorado. fucking Ranger fans. You never make any fucking mistakes at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> and now with our actually more more favorite segment, it's impressions with Nick. Well, I have no impressions. He wasn't today. ready. No, you didn't put it on the agenda. You it have to put agenda. it on the agenda. Unwritten. These are unwritten agenda items. I also had no time today. I barely got on here. Obviously, my parents here, so I was not a. Not an easy day to get through with uh, finding time to do this. So sorry, guys. Not this uh, week. Do you want me to? Do I can do an impression, impression of. The, I can do an impression of Tom. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of yelling though. A little too late for that, I think. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to wake up the kids. No, I can do a Steve Steve impression, but I would just be like, ah. Time. I would I would have gotten that. <laughs> I should have done that. Should have done the, the three impressions. Let's start number one. Yeah, it's a good topic. I I I, I have an impression. I agree. Oh, it's, ooh, it's, ooh, it's, ooh. it's not an impression. It's not an impression. But I, I just thought this was fucking hilarious. Those Toronto Maple Leafs right there are the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys of Canada. Just wow. On an epic level. Every year. Stephen A. Smith calling Everybody the Toronto was Maple Leafs. Talk about hockey. The Dallas Cowboys of Canada. Just epic failures every year. I like it. I think uh, Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. has had a couple of segments on hockey now. He's starting to become the uh, the the like enemy. Like the bad guy. He's going to come in and say, like, I don't know anything about hockey. He already did that. But these guys suck. Ah! And then everyone's going to go on, on, online and be like, yo, Steve May sucks. He's the worst. It's all a ploy to get more viewers. He's going to keep watching them. Just hey, I, I, I don't watch him. I just found it on the Twitter while I was on the shitter. And uh, God damn, that, that didn't make me laugh. Hurtful. Why is it hurtful? Because oh, it's right. my Toronto Maple Leafs he was talking about. Right. Your Toronto Maple Leafs. Then I, I, I thought I saw somewhere that the last time the Cowboys won a playoff game was before Google was invented. It was before oh, there was. Shit, it was before Tony Romo. I mean, how God? How, how when, when was it? That was it. It was back. It was Troy Aikman. Had to be Troy Aikman days. Was it Troy Aikman? Yeah, we've gone through an entire generation of fans. People who watch people who watch the Cowboys win a Super Bowl now have kids who are old enough to watch football and are football fans. Are we still blaming Jessica Simpson? That's all I want to know. On what? 
Does the does the wild card round count? Yeah, of course. Because in 2018, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Seattle Seahawks in the wild card round. Did they really? Wow. Did they really? So that's 2018. So it's a very young generation. Wait, wait. Are you sure? No. Yeah, I mean, they beat Seattle really in 2018. That wasn't Tony Homo. That was uh, Dak, no. probably right. Uh, yeah. Dak attack. Yeah. And cool. before that, before that, their their previous uh, playoff victory was in 2014. What? And before that, it was 2009. I feel like Google's been around for all of those. So no, really. So can we talk more about how awesome Stephen really? A. Smith is? Hey, hey, buddy, just Google it. I am doing that right now. Is that is that true? All of our Dallas Cowboy listeners are going to be freaking livid. <laughs> In 2009, they beat the Eagles in the first round and then lost to the Vikings. That doesn't count. In 2014, they beat the Lions and then lost to the Packers. Again, that doesn't count. (laughs) Beating the Eagles and the Lions counts as playoff wins? They count. They they couldn't get to the Jets? It's the playoffs. Right, I guess. counts. Wow. Why did I read something? So I guess I read it. I guess I read it wrong. To you Stephen know, A. Smith's point, what do I know? To Stephen A. Smith's this point, why talk hockey? This is why I don't talk football. The Maple Leafs <laughs> are even worse than the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Disregard everything I said about the Cowboys, except for they suck. They do suck. That's they true. are awful. Uh, Vesna finalists were announced, um, and I can't find the post on it, and I'm not prepared, but I think it was Vasilevsky. Mark- Mark Andre Fleury, Mark Andre Fleury, and Philip Grubauer, Grubauer, and Andre Vasilevsky. Nick, I made this list in the middle of the season. No Varlamov, you all right, buddy? I'm good. I was surprised, but I think it's probably going to come down to the number of games they played, and that Sorokin, uh, as a backup, played pretty pretty well. Um, And may may yeah, shared shared, uh, right. Does anybody ever remember a Vezina nominee not starting a playoff game for his team? Um, trivia question? Is this trivia with Steve? No, no, it's just curious. Just because since Flurry didn't start game one. Yeah, but he played the entire first round, didn't he? Or most of the first round? Played most of it, but not all of it. Okay. I mean, Barlamov would have was pretty, probably must have been number four on the list, I would imagine. And he didn't play almost all the first round he, he was pulled out of the first first game and then uh Rookin won the rest of the, the series but it doesn't matter is my point if you have a good backup that can come in and, and get but, hot but start cares? but game one of a series why wouldn't you want to throw your your star goalie out there i mean to to your point the islanders went back to varlamov right yeah even though sorokin helped them win that first series they went back to the starter yeah i, I don't know i i Good question. <laughs> it's a good point. I think it's weird. I just think it's weird that he would, you know. The Golden Knights didn't vote on on the finalists for the Vezina. They, they're just managing their goaltenders in their series. That's well. Well, look, th- this guy played well. Played 45 and you know what? They did a bang up job. They only lost seven to one. <laughs> well, look, this this goalie I'm going to put out there played 45 of his team's 56 games, won 24 of them, had a save percentage of 916, and had a 2.58 goals against average. That's Vasilevsky. Connor Hellebuck. Oh, you were you weren't just going with. He's not even the best Connor on his own team. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Apparently, apparently he's not the best Connor on his team. Apparently, 
Yeah, he got hosed, huh? Do you think Hellebuck got hosed? Uh, do you have I mean, the stats on the other? Uh, sure. Those stats did sound very similar to Vasilevsky, so that's why that was my guess. So really, just look up Flurry and Grubauer. Well, I'm, I'm curious as to what Vasilevsky's stats were. 42 games played, 31 and 10, 925 with a 221. Two, I mean, I guess that's good. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Volumov Grubauer and... was 30 and 9 with a 922 and a 195 goals against. Wow. Uh, but again, played behind a stack defense. So we'll go with the Brodeur defense for him. So yeah, Grubauer played 40 games. Andre Fleury played 36. Um, wait, wait, wait. Your, your stats have got to be wrong because Tom said Grubauer was 30 and nine. And you said he played 31 games. You could. Bill? What? Wait, Bill? No. no. 39 and Grubauer played 40 games. 40 games. Yeah, 39 and one. Oh, I thought you said. Okay. One. Yeah, yeah. And Vasilevsky played 42. Now, Andre Fleury and, and Barlamov played the same number of games. 36. They were pretty, 36 games each. 26. Uh, Andre Fleury had more wins. He had uh, seven more wins, which is a big difference. They had the Mark same. Andre Fleury was 26 and 10 with an, uh, a 928 and a 198. Yeah. They had very similar numbers right, otherwise. They were, they were, they were but... better than Connor Hellebuck. But to be honest, uh, Andre Fleury had the better numbers, and he deserves that spot over over, over Simeon. But uh, you were saying Hellbuck? Hellbuck's save percentage is not that great, nor is the goals against. And, 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 and comparatively speaking to everybody else, it, it wasn't. It's not even in, what's in, no. it's in the ballpark. But the goals against average. I mean, Vasilevsky was only a 221 goals against average and a 925 save percentage. Yeah. If you look at the top three score winners in terms of winning games, it's – Vasilevsky, Grubauer, and Flurry. They're the yeah. 31, 30, and 26 wins. So they had the most in that regard. And to be honest, they definitely had great numbers. I think uh, it's pretty cool to see. I mean, Vasilevsky had – he played a couple more games, but he had a lot more saves. He had a lot more saves. They might just give it to him based on his number of saves. It's just about 200 – yeah, about 200 more than Grubauer and Flurry. And he's also, Slightly, he's also a past Vesna Trophy winner. And as Bill said, that team really went to hell towards the end of the season. I would imagine he kept them in right. a ton of games. I think, yeah, I feel like That's they're exactly I, right. They're, the way their defense went south, it might really even cost him in uh, in this race, though, because uh, that's why his goals against went up as went up high, to two two one. Yeah, <laughs> as so high as it did. Yeah, it's hard to say who how they get these guys vote on these because they, they all have very GMs vote on this, right? I thought I read that somewhere today that the, the GMs vote for the. Uh, for the Vesna. Yeah. Oh, good God. You got to stop reading these things. It's the Dallas Cowboys. It's the Dallas Cowboys vote for this. <laughs> Fuck the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. And the so does Davidson, would Davidson get a vote then? No, he was never the GM. Who was, oh, right. That was the. Gordon. Would, would, would. Uh, I don't know. I would imagine it's, it's whoever's acting. GM acting GM. At the time right now. So it's jury. I mean, I, maybe I'll read it on Twitter. And they'll report on it. So does Dolan just tell Drury who to vote for then? Exactly right. Since he's just a puppet, he's gonna he's gonna do a write in, a write in on on Georgiev. All right, Billy, I'm gonna let you finish the uh, the episode uh, today and uh, give us your uh, post mortem thoughts on the uh, on the Penguin season and playoffs. The floor is yours, my friend. Final thoughts on the Penguin season and the playoffs. Well, you know, uh, I I feel like uh, I. 
I, I tend to go a little bit lighter on a on a team um, when they when they make the playoffs and, and fail than some fans do. I mean, there, there's there's obviously uh, it's, it got very emotional <laughs> with some of the Pittsburgh fans and uh, that want to maybe uh, see Mike Sullivan go or uh, or make more broad sweeping changes. Um, um, I guess I'm a little more forgiving in that, you know, um, this, this first round exit, like I kind of mentioned before is not really not the, the same as the other first round exits. I feel uh, over the last uh, couple of seasons, they went up against an Islander team. You know, it was a, it was a number one versus number four scenario. Uh, however, the, this was an Islander team that spent more of the season in first place than the Penguins did. Um, the Penguins, you know, snuck in there in like the last couple of days. Uh, so, uh, it, it's obviously, I, I feel like one through four, there was a lot of quality in the division. Every matchup was going to be tough. And, um, and when I look at, you know, the way the Penguins lost, uh, that series, I, I, I try to kind of think along with the general manager or the general manager and president, you know, the, the, the combination of Hextall and Burke and try to think of what, what could they have done differently? What should they have expected to do, you know, and, and done differently? Jeff, the Jeff Carter move was a, was a great move. It really bolstered uh, the, the, the forward lines. It gave them the depth that they really needed against the Islanders because the Islanders did have that shutdown pair of uh, defensemen that really took care of the Crosby line pretty well. And that's, you know, not the first time that's happened in the playoffs. So that, uh, you know, you need that depth. That's why you talk about getting like that, that third line uh, center, uh, the guys like in the past, like they had with Benino and in, in, in those Stanley cup years, it's, it's just so important to, to have that depth and they got it. Uh, and the defensemen, um, I felt like, you know, if you asked me a few weeks before the trade end line, I would have said, let's get another defenseman because they need that depth because they're, they're never all healthy. Um, they never got that, that depth defenseman, but they, they were a healthy uh, group. And, uh, and they played pretty well. Um, and really where it, where it all came apart, I, I, I think it, you have to look at the goaltending for the Penguins because uh, otherwise it was a competitive series. Otherwise, the, the Penguins really might have won that series if they had dominant goaltending and, and Tristan Jari just was not going to provide that. So, uh, so I try to think along with the GM, like, should they have seen that coming? Maybe, you know, maybe they should have saw that coming. But from what I saw from Jari throughout the season, trying to think if I were to try to make a move to, to replace him or get somebody better uh, to upgrade. I guess you always look to see if you can upgrade, but Jari started the season poorly, uh, but uh, did, you know, uh, maybe like in the middle of March or so kind of become that goaltender that, that they needed him to be. The, uh, the, the, the Penguins are a, are a mistake-prone team. They're, they, they spent a lot of the season carrying the play, like kind of owning like the territorial play and that sort of thing. But um, teams that are, that are a little bit more um, uh, opportunistic uh, could jump on some of those mistakes and, and beat them sometimes. And, and early in the season, Jari was not bailing them out of those things later in the season. He, he became that goaltender that could kind of bail them out of some of those mistakes and, and let them do their thing. So once the, the trade deadline came and, and they seemed like they were comfortable with him, you know, it was, it was all in with him and, and that did not, that just did not work out. Um, ultimately in that series against the Islanders, the uh, he, Jari book ended that, that series with two games uh, that he played unacceptably poor and, um, and, and gave really didn't give his team much of a chance to win in game uh, in game one and game six. 
Um, and obviously in a six game series, you know, you, when you're, when you're kind of giving away two of those games of goaltending, um, that you're just, it's just not going to work out for you. Um, and I'm, I'm saying those were the two games I blame him for. I'm not even blaming him for the, for the overtime loss in game five, where he passed the puck to, to the other team. Um, you know, that's just like a brain fart kind of mistake, you know, that any player on the ice could make it. It wasn't necessarily his poor goaltending in that game that did it, but it was a, it was a mental error on his part. So when he's got to take ownership of, two of those losses and maybe a third out of a, out of, out of four losses, um, you know, that, that, that doesn't reflect well on him and, and possibly his future with the Penguins. But then I also think back to another guy uh, in Marc-Andre Fleury uh, who, you know, we, we Penguins fans will, will kind of make a saint of him now, but Fleury was, was a, a part of the, the playoff failures of several seasons between 2009 and 2016. There were many seasons that ended and I said, there's no way he's going to be the goaltender here next season. Luckily for the Penguins, you know, I, I wasn't making those decisions and they had general managers that, that could make that decision wisely. So, you know, it, it's on Burke and, and uh, Hextall now to make that call. Is, is Jari part of their future? Um, How I don't horrifying think gonna... is that for you, Bill? <laughs> that Brian Burke <laughs> and Ron Hextall are in charge of your team's future. It's definitely going to be interesting. Well, you know, I, I, I got to give him a credit for the, again, for the Jeff Carter move. It's not one that I thought was going to be such a big deal. And it really was, I mean, they went, they went out in the first round anyway, but uh, it, that was really a, a great move. And I can't like overstate their ability or understate it based on one move. I mean, it's going to be an interesting off season. I, I'm not too comfortable with them yet, but um, you know, that, they're the ones that are going to have to make the call on, on the jury, uh, jury in that um, it, it doesn't look to me like he's uh, like, he's got the, the kind of maybe confidence in his game or, or just uh, he, he doesn't have that thing that, that he could take it to the next level in, in those big games. doesn't seem like it's there, but that's going to be for them to judge. And, and to me, I mean, that's going to be their, the most, there's, there's going to be a lot of decisions like with every team, um, in the off season, you know, uh, the expansion draft and, and what's going to go on there. Um, I don't think this time around uh, the Kraken are going to be uh, uh, keen on pulling a Penguins goaltender uh, from, you know, that's, that's probably not going to be their pick. It's not going to be Jari or DeSmith. So uh, I don't think they're going to have to worry about who they leave unprotected there, but um, just where this situation goes with the goaltending, I think is, is going to really uh, go a long way with defining um if, if there really is any sort of window left for this, this core group um, for any more long Stanley Cup runs, the, the goaltending just has to be way better. And that's, I guess that's the thing that, you know, I, I don't know, should they have known, should they have known based on what they saw in Jari that, that he wouldn't have been the guy in this playoff run. I, I couldn't really tell. So jury's out. Well, you are an expert. You do have a microphone in front of you. So and, and, and I couldn't agree with you more. This offseason is for every one of our teams and every team in the NHL is going to be absolutely fascinating. And um, I can't wait till that comes. Can we just, you know, just give somebody the cup and just let's get to the offseason ready. I'm, I'm good with that. Nick, you all right with that? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Listen, my prediction was we win, we get to the semis again and get steamrolled by Tampa. And to be honest, if this keeps progressing – Isles could squeak through again and get just absolutely dumb, demolished by Tampa again. 
I, is I don't, it, it's I, almost I'm a not, sure thing I, that it's good. Are they going to play the, uh, are they going to, are the Islanders definitely going to play the winner of uh, Tampa, Carolina? No, yeah. get, everybody gets, re, no, it gets reseeded based upon uh, your, but I'm I was thinking, reading, it's got to be a low it. seed from, from yeah, the I was uh, reading Canadian that, division. I was reading that's locked in that the, the yeah. winner of the, 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 kick, uh, Canes and, and Tampa play the winner of the, the Isles and, and Boston because we're the two low seeds, third and fourth seed, apparently. I think that probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah, right. But anyway, yeah, the Canadian um, division is going to end up playing Colorado or, or right. the Golden Knights in Vegas. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, <laughs> I don't care. I mean, I, I don't, I, I think, uh, I think we have, we're one of those teams that I, I it reminds me of the uh, Philly. The, the Flyers, uh, prior years, the primary year, the, the one run they had with the Flyers, man. I, I know about the Flyers. Uh, I'm saying the team reminds me of that team because they were like, they just kept winning on their defense. And I mean, they had a slight different team where they were just like spiked it on in terms of like their, their top four D. They just relied on prior playing like 30 minutes a game, but they, they just got way further than they should have. And that's what it feels like the Isles are. They don't feel like they can score enough goals and it, and play a, a tight enough game because we, we play very um, defensively and, you know, try to clog up the neutral zone and dump and chase. It's, it's Lula Merlo hockey, man. It's, it's not the prettiest hockey, but um, I, I feel like we're just eking it by somehow. I mean, look, we were talking, Bill was talking about the, the Jari goal. That was a gift. Uh, it could have been anybody playing that. And then last night, uh, another gift, the puck off of the skate in overtime in case Zika goes in down and scores a, on the one opportunity we had that was a golden opportunity, not yeah. to say both opportunistic in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. And both teams had plenty of opportunities in, in, in overtime. Both teams had great looks and didn't cope capitalize until that one. And the playoffs are all about capitalizing on those opportunities. And so far they've been able to do that. So we'll see. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, tune in next week where we'll talk more exciting things and give you more ridiculously false stats. <laughs> Uh, don't forget to follow us on the Twitter while you're on the shitter. Check the Twitter at friends underscore rivals. We have been posting our marketing department is on fire this week with three posts. Let's see if we can uh, maybe get a double that this week. Um, Facebook, YouTube friends and rivals podcast ring on YouTube, click comment and share subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast, maybe Apple, uh, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, uh, give us a rating. We will read your reviews on the air. Um, definitely do that because it will definitely help our show out a lot. Billy, say something witty. Where are my cards? I have to find my cards to find something witty. Jesus H. Christ, just play us out. All my friends and rivals, flyers buck, flyers buck, flyers buck off. Flyers buck, flyers buck, flyers buck. All right, Steve, when you listen to this, go fuck yourself. See you later. Steve, eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> a big bag of dicks. Giant bag of dicks. <laughs> All right, boys. How to go? You talk about shit about yeah, me. Yeah, we'll see. Main character. I got to sign off. Okay. Bye. Nick. All right, boys. Good, Good luck, luck, bro. Bye. Fuck that fucking, fucking guy. guy. Jesus Christ. Fuck that guy. <laughs> fucking main character, my ass. Look at my Islanders still in the playoffs. Main character, if it's a douchebag convention, maybe. Ooh, ooh, look, Zizek has scored. Ooh. Yeah.
the identity line. They're the best. They're the killer B line. <laughs> Can't wait to hear the crowd at the barn. Let's name all our fucking ass raping fucking lines. My wife makes the best macaroni and cheese in the world. Oh my god, we roasted a whole fucking pig, man. I may be from New Jersey, but I know how to cook like a southerner. Wait a minute, let me get my tea. Oh, look, it must be playoffs. I'm finally wearing an Islander shirt, not a Vegas night shirt or a Carolina Hurricanes shirt. I'm drinking my tea at my Islander mug. Ooh, I'm so skinny. I can't possibly eat a whole steak. (laughs) Wait, who was the Islander that he almost ran off the fucking road on the Long Island Expressway? (laughs) Oh, who's looking the car? It's Michael Pekka. Hey, Michael Pekka, I love you. Uh, Poor bastard. Why is he? Why is he sending? He's sending now in, uh, gifs about uh, Robbie Fatora throwing the bench on the ice. Because he knows we're shitting on him right now. The greatest thing is I'll never be put in that position. It's the greatest thing. Because once you leave, it's over. Because I have the button that says "End for all."